0: Chapter 22 Slow down, Kenneth. Slow down, Chorich shouted as he closed on Kenneth. Kenneth lifted his reins and tugged to slow his horse, knowing his brother was too stubborn to quit. Chorich and Ronan trotted alongside Kenneth, and the three came to a stop under the cold, starry sky. Chorich, you shouldn't have followed me. You shouldn't have left. How long were you going to ride? I made it this far. I figured I could reach Perth by sunrise, Kenneth replied. You're reckless, Kenneth. I know you want to rescue Arabella, you've proven that. But you shouldn't have left Ronan and me back in Cashel, having us chase you halfway across Pictland. You should have turned back. You should have stayed with Sianna. She needs you, Jorich. Your child needs you. I don't need you telling me how to run my family. I'm trying to help you and our family, while you're running reckless like some star-crossed lover. There's a war going on. Did you think of that, Kenneth? I had plenty of time to think, Chorich. I know there's a war, but I also know the woman I love risked her life to save me, and now the Picts have her, doing who knows what to her. Well, others risked their lives to save you, too, brother. Seems you require a lot of saving. Chorich, I can never repay you for saving me, nor Ronan or Les. I knew you wouldn't let me go after Arabella, and I know Siana needs you with her. I wasn't about to ask you to come with me and rip you away from her. I've torn up enough lives already. Couldn't you have just let me go? No damn it, I couldn't. Father was nearly killed trying to find you. Don't you see, Kenneth? When we lost Drosten, a part of Father died, he watched our brother die in his arms. And with the loss of Aiden, How much more do you want to cripple him? I'm not about to let you run off to Perth and get yourself killed. You don't know Angus? He'll kill you. I swear, he'll kill you. Good for him. Halfton wanted the same, yet here I am, Kenneth replied, spreading his arms wide in a righteous gesture. Chorich gave no response save an incredulous glare, peering silently at his brother. Their Alpins sons remained wordless for a long moment, locked in a silent stalemate. Ronan, annoyed by the entire exchange, trotted his horse away from the two to gather his wits. Chorich's eyes weighed heavy. He continued in his silence, sitting on his horse and gazing at Kenneth. He was fatigued and exhausted. Even emotionally, he was drained, aggravated by his decision to leave his wife and child once again. Kenneth studied Chorich as the seconds continued to pass, and then it struck him. In Chorich, he saw a brother who was tired and spent, yet at the same time Chorich was his own flesh and blood, and his brother's determination and endless drive would not be denied. It was clear now that Chorich had taken up the mantle, the weighty mantle, of being the oldest son. Whether or not Chorich had purposed to do so, he now bore the heavy weight that Drosten had laid down. Kenneth replayed the events of the last day in his mind recalling his brother's courage, entering the enemy's lair, stealing away their prisoners, and burning their dwelling to the ground. Chorich's admonishment that Angus would kill him if he went to Perth, echoed in Kenneth's ears. Kenneth recounted his boastful reply, that Halfton wanted the same. He regretted his words, wishing he could take them back. You're right, Kenneth conceded. Halfton wanted me dead, probably still does. So Angus will have to wait his turn, I suppose. He grinned at Chorich as a brother would grin. Chorich eased. He rubbed his fingers through his hair and sighed. Well thanks to me and Ronan, we saved your skin, so now, they'll both have to wait if they want you dead. Chorich returned the grin. And don't think saving you was easy, either, Ronan added, rejoining the two. Your brother is just as crazy as you are, maybe worse. I guess I owe you both for risking your necks for me, Kenneth relented. And Les, too. I suppose I shouldn't forget the marksman. Him too, Chorich agreed. So you see, truly, we don't want you getting killed. Now that you two have settled things, I should probably mention that these horses are all but done, Ronan noted. Can we agree to bunk here for the night? We can rest the horses and plan for tomorrow. I guess I don't have much choice, Kenneth muttered. No, you don't. And on top of it all, I have to take a leak before my bladder bursts, Chorich groused and dismounted his horse. Maybe we should tie him down while we sleep tonight, Chorich. We don't need to wake to an empty bedroll, Ronan said and then smirked at Kenneth. Morning came early in Renton. Alpin and his leaders were up before sunrise after a short and sleepless night. The group collected themselves under the meeting tent to rehearse their battle plans. Alpin was peppering the men with possible counterattack scenarios when a single scout entered Renton from the north. Luog noticed the fast-approaching rider and stepped from beneath the covering into the drizzling rain. Have you found the Vikings? He addressed the beleaguered scout as he dismounted. The scout brushed a fistful of rainwater from his brow and nodded. Yes, we spotted them. Luog motioned the man to join him and the others under the tent. There the scout addressed the group, we saw Halfton and his men on the northwest corner of Loch Lomond. They were moving east, along the north rim of the loch in the direction of Perth. The other scouts are still tracking them. That doesn't make sense, Luog said, staring at Alpin. If they were going to attack us, why would they travel the longer path east around the loch? They'll burn supplies and allow us time to prepare. They may not be coming for us, not yet. From the direction they're moving, they may well be heading to Perth, Alpin said. Considering Cirque's news, it may make sense. They could be heading to Perth to join Angus, and from there, they'd bring a swell of men on Renton. I don't like this Alpin. Constantine replied. We've amassed hundreds of men ready to fight. But I don't like our odds facing the Vikings and Picts together. No, you're right. We stand little chance against a force that size. I believe our only chance is to attack them before they attack us. Attack the Picts and the Vikings. Taran questioned. We don't even know for sure they're aligned. Everything points to it, Taran, Alkin said. And the? Wait, this is absurd. Taran exclaimed. You're going to trust a madman. Enough, Taran, Gura demanded. Let Alpin finish. Alpin acknowledged Gura and continued, I'm not saying we attack the Picts. I'm saying we attack the Vikings before they reach Perth. If that's even where they're headed, Taran replied. I said that's enough, Taran, Gura insisted. Angus has made his bed. We have no choice. We must stop the Vikings, whether in Renton or on the fields of Pictland. We do have a choice, Father. Taran, Don't go there, Alpin cautioned. We're not seeking the Picts' help. That path is a dead end. Leave it alone. Stay out of this, Alpin. I'm speaking to my father. Taran, you're out of line, Gura warned. Damn it, father. Why won't you listen to me? You stand here like a coward listening to these old men wax and wane, pondering every little decision, treating us as puppets. Taran... Luog uttered as he tapped the young man on the back. Taran turned, what? The punch came so quickly that Taran saw only the knuckles of Luog's fist before they thumped against his eye. Instantly, Taran buckled like a broken barley stalk and crumpled to the ground. The men stared white faced at Luog. Somebody had to do it, Luog stated as a grin inched upon his lips. Well, Gura. Alpin said. Are you good? Gura gazed down at his son reeling in a half-conscious daze. I'm good, he replied. Now that we have that behind us, where were we? Alpin said. I think you were saying we're headed to Pictland. Yes, Constantine, I believe you're right. Alpin eyed his comrades. Gentlemen, rally your troops. We're heading out. I wish there was another way. Kenneth said to Chorich as the two finished filling their water sacks beside the creek, their bodies still stiff from the night's rest. I do, too. But we both know there's not, Chorich replied. Not with Angus being as mad as hell with me, and with father. There's no way he'd see you, not without killing you first. And we don't know for sure that Arabella is even there. I'm certain she's there, Chorich. We don't know that, not for sure, Chorich said. He adjusted the two water sacks hanging from his shoulders. When we get back to Ronan and the horses, we'll pack the bedrolls and leave for Renton. We don't need to be out here in the middle of Pictland, not without more men. Chorich glanced at Kenneth. Father needs us in Renton. He'll be glad to see you. I only hope we're not too late. It'll be good to see father, and mother and the others. But the first chance I get, I'm going to find Arabella. Agreed. Agreed, Chorich replied. And I promise I'll help you find her. After you tend to Siana, right? Yeah, she's been weighing on my mind. I'll get her and bring her back to Renton when this is over. Then I'll make sure you find Arabella, Chorich said. He sidestepped a rock and then slowed to glance up at the sky. He mused to himself for a moment and then spoke, I can't believe I'm going to be a father. And me an uncle. Doesn't seem real. Kenneth remarked, smiling at his brother. Did you get the water? Ronan called as the two approached. Yes, we found a creek not far over the hill, Chorich replied. Are the horses ready? They're ready? We'll head back that way, Chorich said, pointing west toward a treeless hill crest. Ronan and Kenneth both nodded in agreement. When Chorich reached his horse, he secured his two water sacks and then gazed east at the rising sun. I figure we should make it to Renton by midday. Pray we get there before the Vikings do. Hopefully, Les and the others made it and told them about the Vikings. I'm sure he did, Ronan said. He lifted from his seat on a log and double checked the bedroll tied to his horse. Knowing him, he told the men and then found the highest perch to pick off the Vikings one by one. Wouldn't surprise me, Chorich replied and mounted up. Ronan and Kenneth mounted behind him. To Renton, Chorich called in a sure voice. To Renton, the two replied. The sun lifted into the blue sky as the three moved southwest. For several miles they followed the winding creek until it emptied into a small lock nestled amid a hilly collage of juniper and aspen trees. The forest is thick ahead. The trees will slow us down. If we move due west, away from the lock, we may find open land to ride, Chorich called out to Ronan as the three wove through the trees. Chorich glanced back at Kenneth, riding rear. Kenneth agreed with a nod. Ahead, Ronan nudged his horse past an ancient river birch and moved up the sloping ground, steering his way through the maze of trees and the glinting beams of sunlight that pierced the forest's dense canopy. Nearing the top of the hill, he slowed and studied the woody surroundings. Then he glanced back at Chorich with a puzzled expression. Chorich's brow rose. Ronan lifted his finger to his lips. Shh. He placed his hand to his ear, listened a moment longer, and then signaled the two to halt. Do you hear that? He mouthed, his voice hardly audible. What is it? Chorich whispered. I think someone is talking. He said, exaggerating the movement of his mouth so Chorich could read his lips. Chorich slowly dismounted. Stay here, I'm going to have a look. He untied his crossbow, moved past Ronan, and snuck up the hill. Ronan and Kenneth eyed the woody terrain as Chorich crested the hill and ducked behind a boulder. Then Ronan dismounted and motioned for Kenneth to follow. Kenneth slid from his horse, and ascended the hill behind Ronan. What do you see? Ronan asked, and he dropped to lay prone next to Chorich. Then Kenneth lowered beside him, and the three peered down the far side of the hill. Remember the guard we saw at the picked Castle, the one with bandages? Chorich said. Yeah, he chased us across the bridge, Ronan replied. I remember. He's down there and I saw his bandages. But now he's moved behind the willow. I think he's sitting on that rock, Chorich said. Kenneth, he's the guard who came after us when we raided Angus Castle. I can't see anyone, Kenneth said. That tree is blocking my view. Wait. In a moment, he'll move and you'll see him better, Chorich whispered. How many are there? I can't tell. He seems to be talking to someone near the water, past those large rocks. I don't see any horses, Kenneth said. Keep an eye out behind us. If they're part of a patrol of Picts, I don't want them spotting us here. He's standing. Ronan whispered. It is the one from the castle. What's he doing out here in the middle of nowhere? There's not a picked village for miles. He lifted his head and quickly scanned the trees. I don't like this, Chorich. There has to be more Picts nearby. We should leave. Or maybe we should take them out while we have the chance, Chorich said. He peered down the sights of his crossbow and aimed at the man. Chorich we can't do this. There may be a hundred more over the next hill, Kenneth exclaimed. What if they shout or yell for help? They can't shout if they're dead, Chorich replied, with the man now locked in his sights. Wait, he's moving. And somebody's coming up from the lock. They're saying something? Get ready. This could happen quickly, Chorich muttered, tracking the man as he moved. Are you just going to shoot him? Kenneth quipped. We could take them as prisoners and see what they know about Angus' plans. Maybe they know about the Vikings. Chorich pulled away from the bow with a frown on his face. That guard has already tried to kill me once. I don't intend to give him a second chance. Not to mention the bastards nearly killed father. Shh, Ronan whispered and pointed. Look there, behind the willow, another picked. Can you see him? Not clearly, Chorich replied. The three stared down the hillside at the two figures veiled behind the tree's leafy foliage, and then a woman stepped beyond the drooping willow branches into the sun's clear brilliant light. Kenneth gasped, and his heart skipped in his chest. Good God, it's Arabella! He exclaimed and lifted. Cover me, Chorich. Get down, Kenneth. Get down. Kenneth sprung to his feet and drew his sword in a single motion then darted forward. I'll kill that picked bastard if he moves, Chorich said, sighting his target. Chorich, your brother is as mad as you. Ronan exclaimed, rising to a stance. I'm going. There may be more. He ripped his dagger from his belt and rushed down the hill. Damn it, Chorich muttered and jumped up and descended behind Ronan with his finger still gripped on the crossbow's trigger. The three were halfway down the hill when Arabella's eyes lifted. The cloth in her hand slid from her fingers as a wave of numbness fell over her. Her face flushed white, and she gaped as if seeing a ghost. Kenneth? Arabella, get down, Kenneth yelled, motioning his hands in a flurry. He glanced back over his shoulder. Chorich flew down the hillside and closed on the bandaged man, itching to release his arrow. You're a dead man, picked. Chorich yelled. His finger surged against the bow's trigger. Chorich, no, it's Aiden. Arabella screamed. Aiden. Chorich's mind spun. Don't shoot. Don't shoot, Arabella yelled, moving to shield Aiden. The bandaged man turned, and his eyes met Chorich's. Aiden. Chorich gulped and tossed his bow aside. It's you. You're alive. He hopped headlong down the hill, moving with such exuberance that he nearly tumbled in his descent. Arabella. It's a miracle, Kenneth gushed. In a single swoop of his arms, he picked her up and pulled her close. I can't believe this, his strong, welcomed voice poured into her ears. Then he pressed his lips to hers and squeezed her to him, and her body warmed him. You're alive, Kenneth, Arabella gasped, catching her breath. I thought you were dead. I thought for sure you were dead. No, I'm not dead. I'm right here. Right here with you." He lifted his hands and cupped her face in his leathery palms, and he kissed her hard. The suppleness of her lips felt like the kiss of an angel. Her tears smeared across her flesh, salty and sweet, like honey from a hive. He released her lips and stared into her eyes, gushing in exhilaration. Then he brushed his fingers through her hair and spoke. I can't believe I found you. I have dreamt of holding you a thousand times, and now it's come true. Kenneth, Chorich shouted. Did you see who else we found? Kenneth turned to Aidan, and a wide smile lifted on his cheeks. Kenneth let go of Arabella's hand. I'm not going anywhere, he said to her softly, and then he stepped toward his brother. I thought you'd been killed, Kenneth. The Picts found me after I fell from the ridge. I never thought I'd see any of you again. The memory of the fall flashed through Kenneth's mind. The burns, the Vikings, the cliff, all his brother had suffered. Kenneth's guilt was heavy. Aidan. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All this happened because of. Kenneth, Aiden stopped him. I don't blame you. This wasn't your doing. It was the Vikings. And the Picts. They did this but I left you in Renton. I should have never left you there alone. Kenneth, I was the one who said you were foolish for staying in Renton. This isn't your fault. Aidan gazed at his brother, and a smile arched across his face. Heck, you nearly got yourself killed trying to save me and Nessa. Kenneth stood motionless, combing his eyes over Aidan. I'm glad you're alive, I missed you, Kenneth said. Me too, Aidan uttered as Kenneth hugged his brother's head. All right, enough of the mush, Ronan piped. I agree with Ronan. I should kick both of you in the rear for getting caught and making us hunt you down, Chorich said. But I do have to say, it's good to see you, Aiden. Father won't believe it. Is the family reunion almost over? Ronan muttered. We're in the middle of Pictland, and we've got to get back to Renton, and it won't be as pretty there. Ronan's right, Chorich replied. Let's head home they're going to need our help. Chorich turned with Aidan and Ronan, and the three headed back up the hill, striding shoulder to shoulder. I'll be right there, Chorich, Kenneth called out. He turned to Arabella and took her hand. She traced the curvature of his face, studying the stubble on his cheeks and his dark-soiled hair before settling her gaze on his tired blue eyes. I've missed you, Kenneth, son of Alpin. A happy smile appeared on her lips. I love you, she said. I love you, too, Arabella. And I will never leave you again.